Hey everybody and welcome. You are listening to Lox LaRue's Locker Room. Join me each episode with a different special guest. We'll be breaking the locks off toxic masculinity one locker at a time. This week I'm joined by the delightful Ave Duvet, who is a drag artist and painter. Today, me and Abe talk about the term transtrender and the judgement that trans men can face from appearing feminine. Please note that the conversations between me and my guests are purely based on our own thoughts and experiences. Now with all that in mind, sit back, relax and enjoy the show. Hello everybody, and just before we start, here's a lesson in Masculinity 101. Transmasculine people, an umbrella term for trans men, gender non-binary and gender non-conforming individuals who are assigned female at birth, find they are often questioned and judged, even by others in the trans community, on whether they are masculine enough. On social media, transmasculine people who show femininity, such as by wearing nail polish or makeup, are often attacked as trans-trenders, a slur for a person who adopts a trans identity lightly, as a fad. Hi everyone and welcome to another episode of Lox LaRue's Locker Room. Today I'm joined here by Ave. Hi Ave. Hello. Hi, so Hi. happy to have you here today. I'm good, are you? Yeah, I'm good, thank you. Awesome. So let's get on with it, shall we? So um, hello lovely listeners, thank you for joining us again. Um, we're going to make sure you have an excellent, here an excellent conversation today. So Ave, could you tell us a bit about what growing up was like to you in terms of like being queer and stuff like that? I had a I had a very sheltered um, growing up growing up childhood childhood um, and I like I went to a Church of England primary school um, I was taught that like you know homosexuality is wrong and shouldn't happen etc so I was very closeted and confused for a long time and didn't really know what was going on. Um, and I thought it was all to do with like my identity, like as a person, not ne- not necessarily my gender identity. Um, and it caused a lot of anxiety and I wasn't able to come out of my shell a lot because I was nervous. Um, and then it, I got to, it took till about 18, 19 years old when I was introduced more to the queer scene and queer people. Um, and I discovered the term non-binary on Twitter. Um, and I thought that was, you know, my identity. I was like, oh my God, this fits so well. And this makes so much sense and stuff like that um, and then I went along to a uh, non-binary group in Birmingham like a meetup um, and it's kind of been a self-discovery journey since then and I kind of realized that you know I'm actually a trans man and stuff like that and it was it was all very confusing and overwhelming because it was so ingrained into me that like it was wrong and that I you know I had to marry a man and have kids and all this stuff and it still it still plays in the back of my head a little bit and um I still have a lot of pressure from mostly 
um, external family, not external family, the family that's not directly connected to me, I can't think of the word. Yeah. Um, but they still, still a lot of pressure from, from them to be cis and like heteronormative and stuff. And, but I don't let it stop me because I'm quite happy. Yeah, well, thank you for sharing that. And I can relate to some bits of that. Like, um, I went to like, a, I changed schools because I went to like a Catholic school um, for my first two years of school. Um, and then it was kind of like, it was, you couldn't be gay or, well, I don't think anyone would really accept it. And then when I was getting bullied for being gay, I didn't know I was gay, but obviously that's what the insult was. Um, when I was getting bullied, I don't think the teachers really cared because they were kind of thinking, oh, it's a sin anyway. So if, if you're getting bullied, it's kind of like your own fault. Yeah. So um, I had to move schools and everything, so I can kind of get it from that angle. Um, in terms of like uh, gender expression as well, do you think you were able to um, express yourself how you wanted when you were younger at the time? Or can you not really remember? No, I, I wasn't able to express myself um at all it was very much you know I was I was a girl so I had to dress like a girl like girl things and this stuff like that and it was very like I had a pink room and stuff like that which was it was very much stereotypes were put on to me um and like like I did ballet from ages four upwards. Um, it was only about, again, 19, 20 years old, I really started to look into it and um, explore it a bit more. Um, and then it's over the, probably the last three years only, I've really, really like properly just been myself and like, done a self-discovery thing and you know found what makes me happy and like how I like to express myself and stuff like that so yeah yeah and it's great to see you expressing yourself now so fabulously <laughs> but yeah in terms of like expression nowadays then um how would you say your style is now um because obviously I, I just um you've put a lot of captions obviously quite comfortable in yourself going like fancy boy and stuff like that and you've worn like a sexy sort of um smart outfits and stuff like that so you have like a range of different styles so could you tell us a bit about that it's it's kind of like I just I don't think I can pinpoint one style I just wear whatever I feel comfortable in and whatever I want to wear um within reason um <laughs> but it's, it's very much just like, if I feel comfortable in it, if I feel good in it, then why shouldn't I wear it? It's, I don't see why, uh, just because I'm a trans man, I have to wear certain things. Um, or just because I was, you know, just because I'm AFAB, I have to wear certain things. It's, it's I don't see why we can't blur the lines because at the end of the day clothing is just drapes of fabric over your body so that you're not walking around butt naked 
Pretty much. (laughs) (laughs) Why can't I wear what I want? Be happy with it. Exactly. And that actually draws on an interesting point, actually. Um, uh, Do you know, like, in terms of, like, fitting in a box especially within the community sometimes it feels like as queer people to be taken seriously with what what you identify as you have to sort of stick to one stereotype especially it can either be within the community judgment or with like from heteronormal perspective um so in terms of like being a trans man from your angle then would you say there's the sort of um expectation to sort of dress a certain way to prove like to prove yourself and stuff like that yeah i've I've had it online and in person, a lot of other trans men gatekeeping, um, telling me that I'm not even trying to pass and stuff like that. And we shouldn't have to, we shouldn't have to into the ideal cis box of passing um, as a man or as a woman or whatever, like, it's it's up to us it's our identity it's how we choose to express it if we choose to be very hyper masculine and that's how we feel comfortable then that's fine or if we you know are hyper feminine then that's fine as well but it's almost like if you're in between like the way you express yourself is in between but you identify as a binary trans person then it's, it's people are like, no, what are you doing? That's not okay. That's not so, the way it's supposed to be. Um, yeah. You're this... often told that you're not taking it seriously or you don't really want to be trans. And there's this whole thing online about being a trans trender. Um, okay. It's mostly on TikTok of people like, just wanting to be trans because apparently it's trendy right now and stuff like that and it's it's ridiculous and it's all the people that don't fit into the stereotypical boxes that are getting told this oh that's interesting I didn't know about um that term so it's good to learn something new I was going to say that um did you watch um or have you heard that got Mick on um Drag Race they sort of talked a bit about that didn't they yeah, yeah, and it it was really nice to see as like a feminine man, trans man that does drag. It was really, really nice to see that on such a big platform like that and how he was able to talk about it as well and, you know, talk about being a feminine man and how he felt like he didn't fit in um, with like the trans community because he was a feminine man but then didn't feel like he fit fitted in with the cis men either because you know he's not born a man and I relate to that I feel that it hit me pretty hard and it was really it was actually really nice to see though yeah it, it was good wasn't it to sort of um for someone to speak about it and hopefully it'll help others in terms of like from my perspective um with my style and stuff I've always I've gone through changes where when I first came out I sort of I felt that I had to be 
um, you know, dressing loads of rainbows, be overly queer and stuff, which is all fine. But I felt like I couldn't <laughs> explore any other sides of myself because, do you know what I mean? I had to, to prove to be gay. I had to be like this idea. Do you know what I mean? Um, but like with burlesque and stuff, it's helped, helped me to sort of explore like my androgynous style in terms of like, I've wore like a blazer and fishnets before, like sort of like merging sort of like what what's deemed to be masculine and feminine or just what merging whatever I feel comfortable in rather than, you know, one or the other. Um, So I think that's been good. And if we're linking this on with um, what we were talking about as well, um, I was going to talk about one of your drawings, if that's all right, about um, it's I think it's titled Man Enough as well. Could you t- tell us a bit about that? Because that kind of links in with what we're talking about, doesn't it? Yes, it was um, It was a self-portrait painting. Um, I originally did it because I was applying for Sky Arts Portrait Artist of the Year. Um, and one of the, you had to do a self-portrait. Um, so I did it for that, but it was kind of, um, I, I didn't necessarily have a plan for it. I didn't go into it thinking, oh, this is what I'm going to do. Um, I kind of chose the pose, which was, you know, my hand holding up one side of my face. Um, And then decided to put myself in drag makeup because it felt right for the painting. Um, And it, yeah, it was just, it was just, it interests me that you know, drag, even still to this day, is very much seen as, oh, it's a cis man pretending to be a woman, which is not what it is, but that's that's how it's seen by some cis gays, by, you know, the cis het community. Um, they don't really know that it's, it's more than that. Um, and so I wanted to play on that idea of, you know, me being AFAB, but being a trans man, but then enjoying drag as well and enjoying pushing feminine, femininity to the extreme with my drag. It's almost like not soft. It's, it's I want it to be kind of pushing the extreme extreme of femininity if that makes sense yes Um, definitely I think it's it's good isn't it to sort of um celebrate femininity because there's this toxic masculinity thing isn't there that femininity is bad um Mm -hmm. because it's like shown as a weakness or whatever but obviously Mm -hmm. on the UK RuPaul's Drag Race I loved Bimini's verse when she Mm -hmm. when they were like um embrace the fair (laughs) yeah that should be everyone's motto shouldn't it embrace the fair (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you know I'm still a valid man even if I do wear makeup and some days I might want to sometimes I'm, I might not not want to and I shouldn't be taken any less seriously because I do wear makeup as a man yeah exactly and I think it's it's good that you're you're sharing this on social media because I know it's 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 mainly so you feel good yourself but it could it helps other people to see as well um so last point then I was going to talk about you one of your other drawings um with um you I think it's like a self-portrait um and I think you 
it was about like insecurities and stuff like that if you can remember is it, is it the broken pieces one yeah that one I couldn't find it <laughs> yeah <laughs> okay <laughs> yeah no it was um so there's uh, I can't remember what it's called but um there's this thing in especially in Asian pottery where if it's broken they'll fix it with gold leaf um to show the cracks and to show you know where it's broken but it's it's still beautiful kind of thing and that's what inspired me to to do the drawing um, and I've always kind of been fascinated by that um, idea of even though it's been broken it's still beautiful um, and so that's why I did the piece and that's why some some bits are still a bit um, broken in the in the face and I, I, it was just kind of like, even though I've been, you know, knocked back and torn down by other people and myself, um, I still want to fight and I still want to, you know, keep going and have a better life for myself because I know I deserve to have that. Um, and um, a lot of it to, was to do with having an eating disorder and how it, you know, distorted my self-image and I felt very alone and broken and all these different things. And I'd never really met any other trans men or men that had eating disorders. And it was it was a lot to like kind of, process on my own um but I've got I've met some people now online mostly which has been really good and really helpful um and like it's helped me kind of in the recovery process of that eating disorder um but yeah it was just kind of showing that even if you think you're broken you're you're still beautiful and you're still worthy of love. You're not inadequate just because you're broken kind of thing. That's that's a lovely way to sort of finish um, the podcast, actually. Just a few more thoughts. Um, food for thought. Yeah, I, I kind of, um, I think it's really admire that you're able to sort of share this, this um, on social media. You're being a good role model for others and it's good to see you happy in yourself expressing yourself I know social media isn't all positive um stuff can get filtered out but there is this is this can be seen as like the positive side of it can't it um for example and I thought it was I loved how that drawing how it's kind of being honest about how your insecurities can make you feel because with me sometimes instead of like admitting what I'm insecure about or someone gives me some advice I sort of immediately think I'm being criticized and I can get quite aggressive in terms of not like violent but like in terms of like my um my response it can be like quite defensive in that sense not aggressive but defensive um like when rather than opening up to someone and being like oh I'm struggling I do still I do still find that I do get a bit like oh um why are you criticizing me 
jumping rather than like you know having a healthy conversation which I'm working on but um yeah I think it's it's good to see that other people like yourself like you're being honest about this is what my insecurities make me feel like it's okay to sort of talk about it um so that sort of helped me to see that as well I I, I was just gonna say it it's always been a massive um passion for me is to advocate for you know mental health and physical health and it's something I've explored a lot in my art practice especially during you know my first two years of uni it's something I really deeply looked into and explored and really found very interesting um, and hope to carry on exploring and think I will do for my third year. <laughs> yeah, definitely you should. Because um, I think art can all, any sort of creativity can be a good way to sort of express and sort of like an outlet, can't it, for things. Um, like if, um, my insecurities, say if I'm not com- comfortable saying to someone, oh, I'm a bit insecure about this, I get a bit embarrassed maybe, but mm-hmm. I'm able to express that through my art, like with my poetry, I've talked about like, feeling um queer in like a heteronormative society um sometimes I'm not always comfortable talking about that with others but um art can be a good way like you did in your art piece then Carnet and stuff um so um is there any sort of um words you'd like to leave us with anything we've talked about um advice um being queer or your art or toxic masculinity or anything you want to leave us with fit into a box your valid as you are as long as you're comfortable then you are who you are and that's fine and just keep being you it's the best way to put it just keep being you i would like to thank ave for coming onto this podcast if you want to catch more of ave then check out their instagram handle in the episode description i would also like to thank all of you lovely listeners for tuning into this podcast especially damaris who left me a kind and thoughtful review she said really engaging podcast with lots of creative people lox is a really friendly host i enjoy listening to the podcast as it covers very interesting topics if you do feel like leaving a review please do so thank you for listening to lox larue's locker room and make sure to follow me on instagram at lox larue bye I love you, Mark. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Moved <laughs> off, off topic. Um, right, serious now. Um, for those who can't see listeners, I've had a, an amazing mug. Um, it was, was it pink and it said mood? <laughs> mood. Yeah, pink and it has red writing on it that says mood. Yeah, I think I need that mug. We'll have to talk about this after.